like Hannah Williams loves you guys and I just want her to notice me. And so I have to come on in order to kind of gain her attention, which is really kind of at the crux of all of this. Oh, that's what we and do. I hope we don't lose her as a listener for this. <laughs> that actually is probably the more likely scenario is that she just sees my name and never listens again. Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me is a man who is larger than life itself, Zach Mabry. Zach, Hello, everybody. Zach, we have a third member in this boat, in this little podcast ship of ours. It's the... One and only Ethan from the Crunch. What's up? There Thanks for is. having me on to the circus to the circus boat. Apparently, we've switched metaphors. Uh, pretty it's quickly. a it's a traveling yeah. traveling circus via via water boat. waterways. Yes, uh-huh. it's so we can have gambling on in our circus. <laughs> if we we only have our circus in international waters, yeah. So there's no no risk of any legal entanglement. Yeah, I like it. That's. That's heads up podcasting. Yeah, tw- Matt, I, like I love the uh, <laughs> I love that you dodged his last name by saying from the crunch. From the crunch, yeah. Do you want to take a stab? Do you want to take a stab with my last name? It's Stevie, Stevie, right? Stevie. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. I kn- no, I knew it. I just uh, okay. was you. Well, I you... thought it was stove, so that's good. <laughs> no stove. No, I knew your last name. Tweet Thank us you. at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z A C Mabry, and Ethan is at Bro Postle. You're right. And I'm at Catholic Matt. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> email us podcast at RomanCircusBlog.com. Find us on iTunes. Rate and review us if you want. You can also find us on Podbean, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Actually, not SoundCloud. Stitcher. Stitcher is where you can find us. Anyway, um, yeah, so we were, we were talking about before we started recording, it's been a, basically a year to the day that Zach and I were introduced to the crunch via Zach's episode. And Zach was sharing a story about getting ready to record his episode (laughs) on the crunch when I said, stop, we need to record this. So Zach, carry away. (laughs) Well, so, okay, yeah, so last May I was on the crunch, but I think it was the weekend of Easter that I agreed to do it or that that I mean, you guys reached right. out to me. Patrick, Patrick does all that stuff. I don't know, but that sounds right. And I thought, yeah, and so I remember thinking, like, well, they seem cool, but I don't know, and I was I was more, <laughs> I was maybe more rad-trad than, than now, um, if you can imagine, and <laughs> so I, not, I like Zachary has actually uh, mellowed out a little bit. That's I mean, this is me mellow. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> we've got mellow Zach in the, in the mix. So, so I went back and listened to like every episode um, <laughs> of the Crunch to comb through it for any heresies because I was like, Mm-mm, you know, integral principle of the real good. If there's a heresy in this podcast. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. So I can um, I can confirm this I, by the way. Were you what was gonna so let me ask you this. Oh <laughs> so yeah, I told if you, you if you did find a heresy, were you just gonna come on and then like stomp on us and then leave? Or like <laughs> were you just gonna not come on? Like were you gonna try to own us live on the on the air? What was the plan? No, I was I was gonna just 
yeah, it was going to just not come on. So I did this in oh. between being asked and saying yes. Um, okay. You know, to try to get it. And then I... Uh, That's a lot I of think, podcasting. I know. Even then, <laughs> even a year ago, we had a lot of episodes. I mean, I had a long, I had a long drive. And I, okay. Yeah, now I'm wondering if I listened to all of the 2017 ones. or Maybe. I don't know. But uh, I did listen to quite a few. And I think what won my, what won my heart was... Um, I, I think it was you, Ethan. You were... Um, not thrilled that your roommate was having a party during Lent. Yeah, and and I was I like, okay, that. these these are these are people, these are people I want to talk to. So uh, I, you know, I I respected that because I'm that's actually one thing I was always bad about was like if people have parties during Lent, I'm like, yeah, but it'd be rude not to go, and then end up <laughs> having like way too much fun during Lent. Yep. Um, you know, but uh. Yeah, so then we we did the episode. I record. I was in Santa Fe for one of my best friend's weddings, so I was like in the hotel room, mm-hmm. and um, I had I had not listened that closely because I was like, yeah, these two kids from Steubenville. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh um, boy. Yeah. For so those that don't I, know, Patrick Patrick goes to Franciscan University of Steubenville. He's my podcast boy, and I just graduated from Kansas State University. So only one of us went to Steubenville. But the common notion is that we both go to Steubenville or we both go to the same school or that we like are friends in real life. I mean, we are friends in real life, but like we hang out, but we've only hung out thrice. So it's kind of weird. It's a weird setup. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, Zach and I haven't what we've seen each other live and in person, maybe what, like six times. Oh, you guys aren't like pals. No, well, we, are, we are. I mean, you are pals, but like, what's the so what's the, the connection? The, how did it? How did how? Who birthed the? Was there like a greatest showman type of situation that led to the birth of this circus? Well, yeah. <laughs> wow, I like that. That was a good one. That caught me completely off guard. Um, we know each other through mutual friend Bug Hall. Oh, okay. Um, who was in Matt? Are you Matt? Are you famous? And I just don't know it. Oh man, that would be great. See, this is what I thought when I first met Matt. I was like frantically googling like Matt. Are you television presenter Matthew James Baker from BBC? I know. I age age forty. Close, close, but not. Okay. I'm I'm American and not forty. Okay, that's disappointing. (laughs) Yeah, but so we yeah we met through Zach's former co-star and eventual so the, refriending when they both converted bug hall right yeah yeah, yeah. and uh huh. and so matt was bug's godfather when bug was baptized are you serious the church yeah dang that's so cool wow yeah and so i i went out to la i think it was when i was visiting i was there for like a week in 2015 mm-hmm. and that was when i met matt who they call mr baker and uh, we went mini I'm golf. a very intimidating present. Was that the first time we met the mini golf? I think so. Okay, I remember that. We we met. It was like we we like the meeting point was at the Henrys, but they weren't even there. Right. And then we went to mini golf. I think Bug was living there. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah. So we went to mini golf, and then I think, uh, when did I come back? Um. It was always when I would come back and visit. So I know that like when Bug was proposing mm-hmm. and then his birthday slash bachelor party um, and then a few other times that I came down to his visit. His wedding, yeah. So, 
Matt never visits me, of course, but <laughs> but then I work for the airline, and so you know, probably probably why. Yeah, so that's a that's a quick rehab. I never paid to visit Matt. <laughs> that yeah, that's... and then we we really bonded. I think during the Bugs wedding because we would get up and it was like twenty degrees outside, and we would walk from our hotel to Tim Hortons to get Tim bits and coffee. Yeah, wow. Because we were in Ohio, and I love Tim Hortons, so I've never seen a Tim Hortons in real life. I've just heard about them. Oh, they're they're very clean and they uh-huh. uh, very friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, every everything you could want out of a lovely Canadian establishment. I thought you were going to say everything you could want out of a woman you can find in a Tim Hortons. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much clean, <laughs> clean and friendly. That's it. Those are the only two requirements. Yeah. Yes, and and clothed in dignity. Uh-huh. Tim Hortons is very modest and yeah. has decorum. Mm-hmm. Sandwiches. Um, only got only. Yeah, that's great. No, I'm with it. Yeah, so that was our, that was our, uh, the recap of this brief yet, um, what seems like eternal friendship. <laughs> That's good. New old friends. I mm-hmm. love, I love describing friendships as eternal. That's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. I love well, wait, so then how did you and Patrick end up doing this? You, you've only hung out three times. Let me tell you a little story about Twitter.com, Zach. Let me tell you this. Okay. It was so, on the website. It was on. It was on the website. Capital T, capital W. So mm-hmm. I was. Um, it was two two summers ago. I was doing. I've been doing like life teen ministry, kind of the past couple of summers, and uh, was kind of working with these teens and like really enjoying like over the summer spending time with teens and doing real hands on ministry. And I was thinking a lot about kind of my Twitter profile, which is kind of weird, but I used to be way more into Twitter than I am now, and. I had like 3000 followers or something at the time. And so I said to myself, you know, I wish I could do something legit with this. And my youth minister started a podcast and I heard him do it. And I was like, this, this joker can do a podcast that like <laughs> I can do a podcast. And so I tweeted out, literally, I just tweeted. I said, Hey, does anybody want to do a podcast with me? I want to do the first episode on dating. And Patrick was the first one to slide into my DMS. And so I said, all right. And so I rented a microphone from the school library, plugged it in, figured out how to record and we did it, and everyone's like, wow, this was so good. And I said, I guess we're going to keep going. And then Patrick didn't know if he was going to be kept on for a while, and so he was kind of like trying to earn his spot, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kept doing episodes, and they kept being good, and people kept liking them. And so I said, all right, we'll just do this. And then we just kept doing it. It just kind of happened. It wasn't really like a – there were lots of things along the way, like random people from my high school, like this guy heard it, heard it somehow. Like I put it on Facebook, and he just heard it, not Catholic, and he just sent me money to buy my own microphone. Oh, sent me like 100, 140 bucks, like on Amazon. He's like, "Hey, okay. I love what, I love what you're doing. You know, keep doing it." That's great. And my it, high school friends are actually worthless. Now that you say that, oh, <laughs> we, we, we didn't even go to. Now I say he's not even a high school friend. He was like a middle school friend that transferred to a different high school than where the rest of us were going. So like, I wasn't even that close with him. And you're and. Uh... Your terrible audio just offended him greatly. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's just because we always complained about having to rent our microphones from the school, mm-hmm. and he took pity on us. My audio quality was always good. Patrick's was always questionable. It still is to this day. I got to make sure that I sound good before anybody else. That's right. You were probably too busy with finals to uh, have listened to one of our recent episodes where we, we mentioned you and Patrick. 
Oh yeah, tell me tell me what you said. Give me the give me the recap. I forget well, what we said. What did we? Do you say? want? We can have a. You can place it. We'll kind of make this a game. So I said, okay. Well, blank is the smart one, and blank is the funny one, and that's kind of their dynamic. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that that's what spawned that Twitter poll. Oh, of... that's so funny. Because here's the thing: is if Patrick heard that, we would probably just argue about which one of us was which. And because he thinks that he's the funny one, and I think that I'm the smart one, but you, I'm guessing that you said that Patrick was the smart one and I'm the funny one. Yeah, that's what we said. Because yeah, it, it started with uh, we were like, "Who's the?" Somebody mentioned you guys, and someone was like, "Who's the Ethan and who's the Patrick?" And I said, "Well, you know, Patrick is the smart one, and Ethan is the fun one. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. both of those are me." And then Matt <laughs> is just kidding, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, that's cool. Though. So it just kind of seems like it happened pretty organically. Yeah. The way just out of, just out of nowhere going. almost. Yeah. Very nice. And here very we are. Nice. Yeah. I know. So how many episodes have you guys done? We are at 89, I believe. I think my math oh, might right. be a little bit off. It might be 88, but that is the, yeah, 89 episodes of content on iTunes and if you can't find the first three or four episodes because they're on SoundCloud good luck finding them because they're buried pretty deep so did you do that thing where you put all the episodes on SoundCloud and then they were like hey if you want to put more up you can spend money and you're just like eh I, well here's the thing is I use SoundCloud to like kind of be like the trial sure of, oh this is you know we're just going to do this and if people like it then we'll we'll move it to iTunes right so there are like four episodes, but that's it on SoundCloud. What a that's a little Easter egg for all the big crunchers out there. What do you call your fans? Crunch, crunch our fans. Uh, we usually just call them the people, like right. Capital T, capital P, the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the when we say like this is what the people want, then like we're referring to. We use we used to have like a crunch gang or crunch bowl or. Crunch Bunch. Crunch Bunch. That's what it is. See, Zach knows my podcast better than me. Yeah. He did listen to all those episodes to make sure you weren't a filthy heretic. And then I kind of fell off, but I did really, I listened to the one where you guys talked about that filthy Netflix show, Big Mouth. Oh, yeah. Um, Which, you know, isn't John Mulaney part of that? He is. I think so. I love John Mulaney. John Mulaney is, he's the saddest story in modern, modern comedy. Why is that? I he knows the Catholic Church. And John like, he knows about it, but like mm. he just is not with it, you know. Yeah, I don't know. He talks about it, jokes about it, but like it's so misconstrued. It's just sad. Yeah, no. worse than Colbert. Well, do you think? No, it's I... hard to hard to be worse than Colbert. Yeah, it's he... really hard to be worse than Colbert. That's true. That's like that would take skill. He breaks um, my heart, Colbert. Well, so that's what I thought. Maybe the show would be fine, and I watched that first episode. I mean, I really should have maybe read about what it was going to be about, but I don't know. I just was stupid, and I, I was, I was like, they can't show this kind of stuff on television. And I, I guess Netflix has no rules. But then when I listened to it, I was like, oh, they, they agree again. So, you know, that's uh... yeah. I so you've now graduated. I've now I'm done. Yeah, I am. I'm Audi of college. So what? Like you may never see another syllabus again. I know. Is that the <laughs> nicest thing? 
It's uh, yeah. Unless they for focus training, do they give you a syllabus when you walk in? What if you walk into focus training and it's just like the same exact thing you walked out of in school? Uh, I'm prepared for that reality, but I'm really hoping that it's. I mean, they call it class. Like we have to go to class at training. Where is you where know? is this training? So for those who don't know, you have you're going to be a focus missionary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, it's yeah. not focus minister. Um, and can you refresh us on focus as an acronym, right? Yeah. Fellowship of Catholic university students. Okay. It's part of me. Pardon me. It's, it's fellowship of charismatic university students. Okay. Depending on who you ask. Yeah. That's great. So is that an acronym? Inside baseball. Acronym or like what I call acronym, which is where Mm -hmm. you like, you have a word and you just make an acronym out of it. But I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a genuine acronym. Okay. And so you start off with basically classes. How long does that last? Uh, so training. So I leave for training tomorrow, and I'm driving from Kansas to Florida, which is great. Wow. Um, yeah. So the the classes start this upcoming Monday, and then I will be there until the end of June. So like the 30th of June, basically. And then I'll drive back to Kansas City in July. And then I'll fundraise for the whole month of July, and then I'll go to my campus wherever that is in August. Okay. Oh, yeah. so you don't know your campus yet? I have no idea where I'm going. I could be going anywhere as close as Lawrence and anywhere as far away as the East Coast. Wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's it's cool, but it's also a little bit terrifying and kind of hard to plan, like what is going on and how I'm going to get there and how am I going to move and... Sure. How much does it cost to live there and all of that stuff? But it's all part of the experience. So what uh, drew you to this? Because I know when I graduated, I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do with my life. <laughs> um, still don't. But it's so. Did you were you involved in this at Kansas State, or were you like? Did someone tell you about it and you looked into it? How did you decide that this was for you? Yeah, so Focus didn't come to K-State until this past year, so that my senior year. Uh, so we had we'd had a really strong Catholic center, but just like priest changes and staff resistance kind of prevented Focus from ever coming. Um, so I did a lot of – I was really involved with the student center kind of from my sophomore year onwards. Um, I was in a fraternity the first half of college, and it just didn't go well. So you don't the say. second half of – Second half of college, I was, I was pretty a lot. Of, I was involved, and I was on the leadership team, and I helped plan events and all that stuff. And uh, just kind of through like a lot of prayer, spiritual direction, and basically this past semester, really just um, doing a lot with the team, working a lot with the team that was at K State, planning events with them, going to their meetings, doing all that stuff. Basically, being a sixth member of the team, it just made me realize like how much I loved it, how much it made me come alive. And through that, I was always kind of thinking like, okay, yeah, this is great, but you know, I don't really think this is for me, but it just kept coming up in prayer over and over again, like the Holy Spirit straight up, just like pushing me to apply. And I kept saying no, and I kept saying no, and I kept saying no. And finally, it just got to the point where I couldn't say no anymore, you know. And so I, I applied and I went to the very last interview weekend that I could, which was like early April mm-hmm. and accepted the job that next week. So it was a pretty, pretty late in the game uh, decision. Wow. But hey, you you made it. That's the most important part. Yeah. And it's just cool to like, I mean, I love ministry and I've always loved 
you know, ever since I've been kind of in college and in a position to do youth ministry and get involved kind of in bigger scale things than I could in high school, I've always loved it. And I love talking about evangelization and how, you know, what we do in a ministry relates to like the spreading of the gospel and all that stuff like that all just fires me up. And it's what I love to talk about. And it's what I like to talk to my friends about and what we like to just sit down and we'll get Wendy's four for four and we'll just rap about it for, you know, an hour. And that's what we'll talk about. And it's just, it's really, really exciting to me to be able to go into an environment with a bunch of other young Catholics that feel the same way that are all, you know, kind of on the same page about mission and ready to go out and like truly live out the great commission, you know, on the college campus, which is where it's the most needed, you know, today in America. That's because, uh... Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, with Wendy's four for four, you can't go wrong. <laughs> You're right. That's no, that, the truth. That's, that's, the, that's the key of all of this is the Wendy's four for four. <laughs> evangelization backseat. Let me talk about my chicken sandwich. I, right. I think it's good that there are people out there like you because if it were up to Zach and I, we would just sit in our dark rooms and mumble about all the things that upset us without actually doing anything. And, uh, yeah, that would be the end of it. Yeah. And that's something that, Pretty much. I mean, on, on Twitter, we get into these conversations a lot of like, what's the best way to do this? What's the best way to do that? Like, how should the bishops do this? How should priests do that? Mm-hmm. And I mean, at the end of the day, we can talk about all we want on Twitter and like tweet at bishops and tweet at priests and tweet at each other about how we need more latin or whatever like whatever the topic of the week is that everybody's getting frustrated about it's unless you have boots on the ground and you're talking to people and you're meeting with people and you're truly meeting them where they're at and understanding that it's not always as ideal as the catechism or the encyclicals make it out to be then you're not helping you know and it's hard to explain that to people because you know they're right Obviously, that's the ideal, and obviously, that's what we should drive for, but that's just not reality. And so I'm excited to be able to work in reality and just kind of apply the things that I know and love and the, what other people online have taught me. I think, you know? uh, I think by the year 2030, the magisterium is going to be replaced by Curious Cat. Mm-hmm. So it's basically all Catholic doctrine is going to come from what Catholic Twitter decides on Curious Cat. Mm-hmm. So that's where, that's where all the real stuff happens. That's where, that's where all the hard hitting dating advice comes from. Zach, what do you think about all this? I feel like you've got some pretty strong opinions about in this realm. Strong opinions. Maybe not strong, but (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean, so uh, one thing that, that I really like, and so I have a, I have a focused missionary who I um, sponsor. And one thing that I really like, his name is Ethan Stevie. Sorry. (laughs) Not, not until you ask. Um, no, but the, <laughs> what I, I really like how focused it is on, on the sacraments and, you know, mm-hmm. hearing, hearing from the missionary sponsor about taking people back to confession for the first mm-hmm. time in oh, years, yeah. Um, yeah. about going to adoration and bringing people to adoration and encouraging them to go to adoration during finals. Um, the, you know, it's, it, it really has a very Catholic character to it mm-hmm. and it, it's not, um, you know, Camp, you know, Campus Crusade, or these, the, these like Protestant groups that are navigators. Like, you know, to me, right? Like, you really can't miss the Catholic character to focus, and that's what I—that's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I also just like very practical, um, you know, in in sort of forming disciples and bringing people in um, in a way that's pretty much the 
the way it's always been done. I mean, again, yeah. focusing on the sacraments and making connections. And so, you know, that's why, that's why I've always kind of been impressed with the focus thing. Um, I mean, Matt and I have kind of a, uh, a, we definitely could come up with plenty of critiques about yeah. priests and bishops and stuff, but we, we don't see that as very useful. Um, Oh yeah, yeah I'm, I'm out of the stuff like going and being a focus missionary or joining the um, chant school at your parish or starting a chant school at your parish. I don't know what that word means. Can you teach me that choir? It's basically the the choir, but uh, why do you call it the the chanticle? No, 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 sorry, chant scola. So, oh, I thought you said chanticle. And I was like, well, no, that's kind of cool, though. Mancicle. Is it like a chasuble, like your older brother? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. chance and, and chas. Um, no, so, you know, I, I think that there is more of that. And there's just a lot more. I mean, you know, I tend to think that we, we get the clergy we deserve. And so if, mm. you're, if you're going to be so bold as to uh, criticize your bishop or even the pope, then you kind of have to be willing to admit that that's, that's what we've earned is, you know, this, you know, if your assessment of it is that it's bad, then you have to kind of see, well, why would God send us bad leaders? Uh, you know, and then you have to look to scripture and why were there bad kings placed over the Israelites at times? You know, you really have to, there, you know, God pretty much does things in a very God-like way throughout scripture <laughs> and then all after that. And so, right. yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of, of useless noise and, you know, I mean, an example, we got a new bishop here in Dallas, and there was a petition to send to the Holy See about, you know, we want the bishop to be conservative and this and that. And I just kind of said, I'm not signing this. I'm not. The Pope picks the bishops. I'm, wow. I don't pick bishops. I have no competence in picking bishops. And I don't think we should be sending petitions. It's very American. Um, <laughs> you know, I we, we have to we have to kind of get out of that view. And then I'll, I'll laugh because mm-hmm. you'll see on CNN, like, you know, Pope Francis has an approval rating of, you know, 84%. And I'm like, yeah, but 0% of those people were asked and none of them are cardinals. And it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's great. It's not bad that he has a high approval rating. But again, it's like we really have to get out of the mindset that it matters if we approve of anything about the Holy Father. Um, you know, we should just know he's the Pope and he's the principle of unity and kind of move on. So... Someone mm-hmm. tweeted about that. They were like, what should everybody know about the Pope, his name, what else, nothing or something? I don't know. It was, I think it was a Jake tweet. Yeah, so, probably. A lot of the, uh, we don't like to be, you know, the two men on the uh, on the Muppets that sit up in the... In the <laughs> Waldorf and, and Stadler. Yeah. We try not to be that. So the yeah. focus to me is cool because of the, it's, it just has a very Catholic character. You You see kind of programs that are sort of like copycats from what protestants do and numbers wise protestantism is a dying movement so I, it doesn't seem like a good model to follow and that's mm-hmm. where to me folks just has like such a fresh feel to it very and I'll, and I'll tell you this because it's uh, you talk about the sacramentality of focus and we had we've kind of had like a revolution as far as like adoration specifically at k-state like k-state is a thriving campus and it was thriving. It was in the process of thriving before focus came, but we had focus come and a new, uh, amazing, incredible pastor come at the same time. Right. 
And so a lot of things started to happen and a lot, it's a lot of moving and shaking. It was all very, very good because we were kind of stuck in our ways and stuck doing the things that we'd always been doing. And it was all kind of left over from a pastor that we had had, you know, back in the nineties and the early two thousands. And so, or even like, I mean, even later, you know, in the 2010s, like he was still around. So it's, we started doing a holy hour every day because the missionaries do a holy hour every day. And so it, it was at nine 30 every single day, the whole semester, right? Both semesters and more and more students started to come. So many students started to come that the other students started to be upset because, you know, you guys have this great holy hour at nine 30. Like we don't have time. They're going to do, I think exposition uh, every day from like eight to noon, you know, in the chapel. Right. Wow. Exposition, exposition and benediction. These priests are also saying, uh, we had two new priests come in. They're also saying or hearing confessions every day before daily mass for an hour before mass. So we've got eight thirty to nine thirty, two priests saying mass, and then they'll say or say, hearing confessions, then they'll say mass afterwards. And it's just like we have one hundred and twenty students coming to daily mass, you know, almost every single day, Monday through Thursday. They're adding an extra mass time like throughout the week, you know, during the day. And it's just like all these things that result from prayer. And then genuine friendships and real authentic community. And those all sound like buzzwords and they're super annoying. But like the thing is, is that this, that's the stuff that's real. That's the stuff that's matter. You know, like what did Jesus have when he was walking around with his with his apostles? He had prayer, genuine friendship and authentic community. You know, at the very least, the authentic community took place after everything in Acts and all that stuff. Like that's when that really started to kick off. was like the, the community and everything. And like we have that, you know, and for the people that say, oh, focus is to this or focus is to that, like, buddy, tell me about your parish. You know, what does your parish look like? You know, are you having these kinds of numbers at daily mass? Are you having these kinds of numbers at adoration and confession? You know, I, that, that, it kind of speaks for itself in a way. And right. And it's that's, awesome. that's the only way you can really, I mean, you can't explicitly measure things like this, but like, if you right. were to try, it would really be, you know, people going to confession, people going mm-hmm. to mass mm-hmm. and receiving the sacraments. It's, it's not people, you know, identifying as Catholic or, mm-hmm. or even, you can't even really say it's donations because you could just have a few deep pocket donors. So like it really is, you know, cause that's where people will be like, well, but this is working really well with young people. And it's like, but they're still not going to mass. Like they're still not <laughs> going to confession. Like how, how is it working? I mean, they're, how they're do not... we reach the youth? That's, that's the point of this podcast now. Yeah, reach the youth. Well, and it, you know, people will say like you can't have authentic community if it's too planned or this or that, and it's kind of like you know, yeah, like we said, an authentic community formed around our Lord and His very first ministry. And mm-hmm. you have the, but okay, that was planned. Like that was that was announced at the creation of the world that that was going to happen, and then it was built up to over you know thousands of years. And it was still authentic. So, you know, you kind of can't say, oh, just because it's, you know, there's planning involved and training and stuff that it's not. I mean, you know, our Lord trained the apostles for three years. And, you know, again, so those things aren't at odds with each other. Right. I agree. I agree, too. So are you going to keep doing the crunch while you're a focus missionary? That is the plan. Uh, I'm going to kind of shove off all of the recording and editing responsibilities to Patrick. So way to be, that's my recommendation. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, everybody, you know, here, here's the thing is right. Matt knows this is that I do the, the partner, the partner who doesn't have to record and edit loves being on a podcast and tells everybody about being on a podcast. But the guy who has to edit and record and worry about sound, 
man, he's too he's too busy yeah. to to love to love being on a podcast, you know. Editing, and so I'm ex- I'm excited to be on my own podcast is what I'm saying. Editing like, this podcast like is a 24 hour a day job. So it really is, yeah, yeah. I'm honestly, it's not that much work, but at the end of the day, it'll be cool to kind of uh, not worry about it as much and not have that kind of extra thing like, oh, I have to record and edit on Sunday and make sure it gets uploaded. Like, it'll be nice to, it'll give me more time to do other things like mission wise, because this is a part, like the podcast is a part of the ministry that I do. Uh, And so it'll be nice to kind of be able to focus more on, that's not a pun, on my actual job rather than, you know, on the podcast. So the podcast is so great. I'm still really excited to do it. I'm excited to bring kind of ministry and mission into it because as of right now it's just two college dudes just talking about like stuff that we think is interesting mm-hmm. and stuff that we think is relevant in our prayer lives and in kind of the world and in evangelization and all that stuff so it'll be nice to bring actual practical things i think it'll kind of give it a freshness that might be lacking i don't know i'm excited about it well now you'll both have different experiences because patrick's still at franciscan right yeah, he's a, year, he's a year younger than me, so he's got a whole year of school, and he's doing he's doing a different, you know, to do adore ministries over the summer down right. in Houston. So he's going to have a whole other set of experiences to talk, like helping with Hurricane Harvey relief and all that stuff, which is just way different than what I'm going to be doing, you know, at training in Florida. So that's the uh, it'll be cool. It's cool to bring, and it'll be interesting to see what he does after he graduates. And he's getting his degree in theology, uh, which you can do. A- lot with is he going to open a mega church like i don't know what he's going to do so yeah he's going to start a school of rhetoric what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) that's the only option well so then that also leads me into the next topic that i would talk about which is great the website the website twitter.com capital t capital w the website yeah capital capital w the website what do you what are we going to talk about the website (laughs) Well, I don't know. So, I mean, obviously, the website is how I came in contact with you guys. It's actually how Buddy uh-huh. and I realized we had both converted. Wow. Um, so, the, you know, the website has done good things. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know that that maybe I like how we're I like you, how we're talking about it like it's Skynet. <laughs> like, I don't know, if we can, if we use too many wrong words, then a, a T two thousand is going to bust down our door. Yeah. It might happen. We're going that way. Hurt. Am I right? Anyway. No, I hate when you're like you're in your direct messages and you're like, "Man, I'm like super tired, but I can't sleep." And then you go back out and it's like, "What are these melatonin supplements?" I'm like, "Wait a minute." Um, but so, <laughs> okay, so your your view of Twitter has soured some. Is that mm-hmm. true? Yeah, and that's it's kind of sad because I mm, here's the thing: is that like I like Twitter and I like the people on Twitter. Um, and I don't know if it's just because I have other things to do and I was, when I was really into Twitter, I had just had more time to give to it. But, you know, ever since kind of the beginning of this year, I did the Exodus 90 fast, um, which is like a total media fast as we just one part of it for 90 days. And so I wasn't on, I was on Twitter some because my spiritual director said, you know, I think it's important that you still tweet some things. Um, because of it's a part of your ministry and I was like okay whatever because I really just wanted to give it up entirely mm-hmm. he's like no I think you still you should tweet some stuff and I said okay and so I just throughout that time whenever anything cool would happen in prayer or 
you know, I thought of like anything that I thought was important. I, would, I didn't really tweet a lot of jokes. I just kind of, you know, uh, more serious things. And so that's just kind of how I used it for uh, 90 days. Um, and then I got it back and it's just, just kind of like over that 90 day span, like a lot of things happened, you know, like you can't go 90 days without viewing media and not come back a little bit changed. And yeah, it, it is just kind of, a lot of it is just pointless. And a lot of it is like the bickering. Like I'm a lot more free with the block now. Like I don't want to, I just don't want to argue with you because it makes me mad and I don't have time to be mad because I have other things to do. And so I'm just, I'm just going to block here. I'm just going to mute this conversation or I'm just not going to get involved and I'm not going to argue with the trad, you know, who has a, some bone to pick with the Novus Ordo for the 50th time because I've already done this and it doesn't get anywhere. So I'm just not going to do it. You know, I'm going to tweet what I want to tweet and then I'm going to log off and then I'm not going to waste my time investing in. It sounds like a waste. I don't think it's a waste because there's a good community on Twitter. Sure. And that's, that's how I meet you guys. That's how I meet, I met Patrick. So I can't like knock on the Twitter community because I think it's good. Like I had a priest from Zimbabwe message me the other day and ask me about focus. And he was like, oh, I hope we get something like that in my country soon. Like I'll be praying for you. Like that's dope. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so it's so hard to say no to the whole thing when there are things that happen that are great. But like yeah. 75% of it is just, I just get like, I'm on it just because I have nothing else to do. And I'm like, why am I scrolling through these tweets? Like, why am I looking at this person's tweet again? I just, I don't care. I don't care that all of these people are hanging out in real life. Like I love them, but it's not my, I, I just don't care. So like, what am I doing? There's a lot of things that I don't care right. about that I just do out of force of habit. Right. That's kind of I my, mean, that's my thought. Sorry. I'm just rambling, but no, I think it's good. So like, I have kind of a no debate rule that I set with Twitter um, after I gave it up for Lent. Mm-hmm. And it's been good because I'm like, my rule on that is like, what's the point? And I have like jumped into conversations. And it's only if I, I like watch it back and forth that like both sides are really missing the point and the point's like obvious. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and drop the point for them. And it, it normally ends the debate. So I'll do that, but rarely. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a debate about like Latin mass parishes should be offering the Novus Ordo because of this, this and that. And it was like, okay, here's, you know, canonically why that, why that cannot even happen were they to want to. Um, but you know, it was things like that. But yeah, I mean, cause you'll get, and it'll just be like threads of threads of threads of like uh-huh. back and forth talking over each other. Um, we have like a, an off-air comment about people that if they have the word trad in their handle, uh-huh. <laughs> we can't tell you on air. Um, but uh, the, you know, I mean, there's there's like a toxicness that can come out. And yeah, I think mm-hmm. you just kind of have to be able to dodge that. Yeah. And that's where there's a lot of it's, sort of it's all, it's, Yeah, it's prudential. Like if we go into it just being like, I'm going to be friends with everybody. I'm going to talk with everybody. I'm going to like everybody's tweet and follow everybody back. Like you can't do that. It's... I mean, you can, but it's going to be soul sucking because that's going to, because if you have so much content in your feed that every time you swipe up, you get a whole fresh, like 20 minutes of time wasting, then, and a lot of it is politics and a lot of it is sports and a lot of it is religion. It's just a bunch of crap that I don't need. Right. And And that's my other rule. I I have no political stances Uh anymore. That's my new rule. (laughs) Not that I don't even tweet about them. I don't even form them. So... (laughs) No uh, politics. This is a lo- no politics podcast. 
I don't miss it at all. No, we'll talk about it, but we we just make fun of the characters, you know. Right. It's it's like it's like horse racing, but you just bet on the names of the horses. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's our. Like I say, it will always be hilarious to me that Donald Trump is is the president of the United States. <laughs> I mean, you just you see him up there, and you're like, no, this is actually happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it's like people go on there with, you know, who am I gonna destroy and. One of our favorite priests who we love quoting on our podcast is Father Ripperger. Um, oh, boy. And, and he does these great talks that are, a lot of them are up to an hour long. And it, it's amazing. There are people on Twitter that can pick out, you know, like the one sentence that uh-huh. just that really. That makes sound insane. Right. And then they like, they, they think that they're somehow being helpful by, mm-hmm. by cutting out that sentence and, mm-hmm. and just throwing it at strangers. Yeah. And. You know, I mean, Matt has met Father. I have not. I mean, how do you think Father Rip would feel about this, Matt? Oh, he'd hate it. I have a quick, I have a quick story about involving Father Ripiger. If you uh, that happened last night, if you want to hear it, it uh, please. Yes, I mean, of course, if it involves Father, of course. We had we had mass last night, and the it was a solemn high mass, and the Superior General of the FSSP was in town. Whoa. So, so, you know, basically the head man of the order FSSP, the Latin Mass Order. And uh, so we're waiting to talk to him. It's me and Bug and Bug's wife and Bug's daughter. And he comes up and he's like, oh, hey, like uh, happy to shake our hands. He's like, we all met last year, right? And we're like, yeah, we, we met and we're chatting with him. And at the end, he just goes... How's Father Ripperger? What's his status? How's how's he doing these days? And all I could sit there and laugh and think that we're like uh, the Father Ripperger sp- speakers that the head of an order is asking us about this priest. I felt I felt pretty excited. I felt like I was someone. You're like the press secretary. <laughs> yeah, the press. Secretary. <laughs> yeah, no, Father Ripperger would. Uh, he would hate everything that would go on on he would he's i don't think he's a big fan of the website um and i don't think he would enjoy just having people blast his quotes everywhere not the way they're used not as little because i mean he he's really big on prudence of how you even deliver messages and that's why you know you can't just lift a sentence out of an hour-long talk and you know slam it at somebody because they're wearing short sleeves or something sure he's Um, he's uh you know, careful about even people recording his talk. Like he, he's, he's very well aware of the dangers that can happen when, you know, people take you out of context or shove, shove things in your face to record you. So, yeah. Let's hope, let's hope father never goes on an airplane and does an interview. You know, <laughs> man, Oh man, no interviews when you're high. Um, <laughs> Yeah, one his books are really good. I always recommend his books. They're they're cited. So literally, like besides just getting the book, is that the bibliography in Father's books could be like a reading list of oh, excellent wow. works. So you know that's the thing. But I, if I hadn't encountered him the way I did, like through Bug and Matt, in you know listening to his talks, I'd be kind of freaked out by the way that that some of his you know I guess fans mm-hmm. portray him. Um, and that's that's over the book the I'm in. You know, that's how I feel is because I always see his quotes just being thrown out about, you know, whether it's about marriage or the mass or whatever. And it's obviously taken out of context, but it's like, okay, if that guy really said that, 
there had to have been more to it, and that couldn't have been the only thing that he said. So why are you living and dying by that thing? That just makes me not like one, not like the priest, and not like you. So I'm just I'm done with it. So I, maybe I should give more of his stuff a chance because I do. I don't want to not like any member of the clergy, and I think it goes the same kind of with like. That's this is what people always say about Father uh, James Martin is that like if you read his books they're great, you know it's just his tweets that kind of are questionable. So I still can't read his tweets because I'm still blocked by Father. Are you James really James Martin? Yeah. What'd you do to get blocked? Well, he tweeted it's it's this thing that he gets on about how Jesus was just this Jesus horrible learned. racist until oh. he learned from the Canaanite woman not yeah, to yeah, be, yeah. and I'm just always like. I, and I just remember being like, this is just insane. I can't remember exactly what I tweeted mm-hmm. in response, but I mean, um, he blocked me. And then I like checked because, you know, I guess, I don't know. I checked with other priests. I was like, Did I overstepped the line. And they're like, no, this is great. <laughs> and I was like, okay, good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I always worry about some of the people I see online mm-hmm. because they're, they don't remind me anything of the people I see at parishes. And it's like, I'm always like, you know, if you said these things at a parish, especially at a Latin mass Because you you go to a priest overheard you. You go to a pretty traditional parish, don't you, Zach? Yeah, so my parish was actually the first um, fraternity of St. Peter Parish uh, in North America and is the largest. So um, So that's interesting because, like, I try to to imagine these people that are tweeting these things, like, interacting with other folks at their church. And it's just like... I can't. There's no, like, I just don't get it because you can't say the things that they say and still operate on a normal human level. No, and I mean, I, you know? I know people that have, have, you know, they've been in a conversation where they said something about a priest that that's, to me seemed less offensive as some of the stuff you see on Twitter being said about priests and the, the, the you know, fraternity priests that heard that said, you know, I mean, they said it to him privately, but they said, um, I, I, I assume I will be seeing you in confession. I mean, you know, because there's <laughs> there's a line you really can't cross with somebody that has holy orders because of the sacrament. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it doesn't mean you can't criticize them or critique them or point out legitimately bad things. But there's, you know, there is a there's modesty that applies. You know, there's a protocol there. And so, yeah, I mean, if you go to a trad parish, at least my experience, you're going to see a lot of people took it upon themselves to bring food um for some reason <laughs> so there'll be lots of food everywhere and then a ridiculous number of children mm-hmm. um and then you know i don't know like our parish after after the easter vigil which is very long and ends at like two thirty in the morning um they'll have a potluck with like wine and food that will go on till four wow. or after midnight mass for christmas there's always a big brunch at two that goes into, I never go to these. I always go to sleep. And so I'm always, and I've been to traditional parishes like in, I think six different States. And it's funny cause you never leave without somebody introducing themselves. You can't really sneak in and out of these parishes, mm. at least my experience. And I'm always like, this is really like, so when I see the online people. I'm like, something is not translating. And I always suspect that they don't actually go to a, a lot. Either, either they, they go to one that's not a, they go to a Novus Ordo parish every every week, and they just sit in the pew and they just stew, and then they get home and then they tweet about it. Like, yes, like that's because to me that's what would produce uh-huh. the vitriol. That level of frustration mm-hmm. is to be 
to be like, to not, not see the good in the thing that you say you like, but to just dwell on what you don't like about what's right in front of you. I mean, think about it. You don't have a girlfriend and come home every night and tweet about how women suck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's gotta be an incel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Not this again. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So let me, let me take, Oh, you're talking about like how people are introducing themselves and they're bringing food and all that stuff is so amazing. But a lot of what I see on kind of maybe, and this is just these radical people that we're talking about is they talk about how being welcoming hospitable is like modernistic Protestant and like not worth our time because we shouldn't be those things, you know, at a parish, like, and it sounds like the parishes that you've been to are very welcoming and very hospitable, you know? Oh yeah. I, the that I, attitude even comes from, cause like people, people decrying, like being welcoming at a church just baffles me. Well, I, I don't know. agree. Yeah. I think maybe Matt, do you have a comment on this? Well, I was just going to say like the one I've been to here in LA and the one back in Phoenix, uh, I had someone a few months ago, I'd been to the FSSP parish in Phoenix a number of times, but I got stopped and welcomed and they're like, is this your first time here? You look new. And I'm like, oh, I've been to the, I, I've been here a few times, but I go to the one out in Los Angeles and they're like, oh, Father Fryer, he's great. So they're always stopping and welcoming. I don't, I think that it is a case of just these people making such a fuss that it it's like their only outlet. I think they, they're just so starved to yell something somewhere mm-hmm. that, Twitter allows them to, and they know that people will li- people will pay attention because it's so ridiculous. Like I don't, yeah, I don't understand I, the I, idea of not being welcoming or not caring about someone. I know that what's going on on the altar is more important, but also at the same time, like it, why would you not be welcoming to right. someone? Yeah, and it may just be that they don't. I'm not. I don't know what they're particularly bothered about i think if we're talking about in the liturgy Mm -hmm. um you know i mean there's not a point where you go and shake your neighbor's hand at any point in the um traditional liturgy or those things and so it could be that aspect that like you know the the focus so there's you know there's a lot of silence Mm -hmm. a lot of times you know people that are gonna smile and chat with you in the parish hall may not even really take note of your presence in the same, in the chapel because they're praying. Um, so I don't know if that's where some of it is. Cause I have had people say they're, they're very intimidated by going to Latin mass parishes because you just kind of walk in and everything's happening and there aren't rubrics that apply to the faithful. So like your kind of standard, say the black through the red doesn't really apply to anybody outside of the like sanctuary, like on the, other side of the rail. So people mm-hmm. tend to stand and sit and kneel in in a specific way, but that's actually not required of them. Like you could sit the whole time or, I mean, you would probably kneel when the Eucharist was uh, you know, exposed, but yeah. in general, there's not, you don't have to say anything or do anything. All the participation is interior. So you just have to unite yourself interiorly. Mm-hmm. However, that works for you. So I don't know if, if that's the idea, if people think welcoming means like every time somebody walks in, you know, stop the liturgy, give them a hug or 
or do the like stand up for the birthday blessing at the end or, right. or whatever. But um, yeah, I think yeah, it just I, it confuses me because I I don't want to assume anything about the people that say these types of things. But to me, it's like you know I do when you know when we have nine thirty mass at St Isidore's or when we did I don't go there anymore I graduated but when we did after mass you know people would typically kneel down and kind of say their prayer of thanksgiving and I would just do my prayer of thanksgiving later and I would leave early so that I could catch anybody that I didn't recognize like walking out the door and make sure that like they knew a face there and when I graduated there were multiple people that came up to me and they said you know hey like you were, you met me and you remembered my name or like you forgot my name and you kept asking my name over and over again until you remembered it and like that's one of the reasons why I kept coming to this place and so it's like it doesn't have to be a disruptive to the liturgy it doesn't have to be anything super fancy like it just takes normal people asking people their names because you'd be surprised at how like how you can go through an entire day without anybody talking to you especially at a college campus even more so if you're, you know, you go to work and you maybe you live by yourself and you go to church and, you know, if nobody talks to you, if you're in a super big, you know, parish, suburban parish, it's really easy to, to slip through the cracks. And so, yeah, I think the things that you're talking about are huge. And I think that there are just a lot of people that have never kind of experienced somebody in that situation, looking at them in the eye and like introducing themselves and asking their name and like asking things about them. And so they take it in a negative way rather than, Oh, this person's like genuinely trying to know me because they see Christ in me and they want to love me, you know? So I don't know. That's my, those are my thoughts. I think hospitality is super important. Something I'm very passionate about, something I think that we suck at as a church overall, but there are little pockets here and there that do really, really well. Yeah. And it, I don't know. I mean, I think some of it happens with food, but you do just, you know, Paris just kind of has a, Always. But it does take those like starters to get it happening, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. to get people going. And, you know, I mean, I think that's something we should try to recover. If you look at some of the other cultures, like not American, um, there is much more of that, you know, hospitality, community aspect, um, in addition to being, you know, devout Catholics. And so it, it's some something, I don't know, I blame the Puritans. Um, <laughs> something Puritan has snuck into the the whole thing. So um, yeah, and and when like the parish is the community, then it's a lot easier. You know, I mean, if you just think about a small town, right? Let's just think of like the ideal, right? Small town America. Everybody in the town's Catholic. Everybody goes to the parish, right? If somebody new moves to the town, then people know, and they bring them food, and they welcome them, and they bring them into the community as quickly as possible. In today's world, where we have towns of people that it's 100,000, 200,000, 3 million, 4 million. If somebody moves there, nobody notices. Right. right? And so that's like the challenge, right? I'm not, there's no easy solution to how do we notice the new Catholic that just moved into our parish of 2,000 families or right. however, 1,000 families, however big it is. Even a parish of 500 families, it could be hard to, you know, notice that type of person. And so it's, there's no easy solution, but it takes, a group of people, a, a community that's truly dedicated to the parish and truly dedicated to living as a community for the sake of Christ and bringing people like, oh gosh, this brings me to a whole other thing. It's like parishes need to have a mission. They need to like be dedicated to the mission of the whole church. And if an individual parish is just existing to exist, then they're failing. And I think a lot of this comes because there are parishes out there that exist to exist. 
and they exist to have the programs that they do and do the things that they do and have the Knights of Columbus fish fry and then do it again next year and make sure that they stay in the black. And like, that's it, you know, administer the sacraments. That's where we do it. But like, there's no mission of the parish. And so I think a lot of this is where it breaks down and a lot of it falls on the pastor's shoulders. But again, we get the leaders that we deserve. So, right. Well, we need to support the, our pastors. I mean, that again, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. this American notion that like, if I don't like what somebody thinks or does, then I'm not going to support them. But realistically, I mean, especially because you can choose your parish. So if you can't even be, you know, supportive and, you know, dare I say, obedient to your own pastor that you got to pick, uh, you know, that's kind of something to work on. Um, so that's, you know, and I think that's hard, you know, because you can, they're always going to be, every pastor is going to be human by, it's a requirement. Um, <laughs> so there's always going to be things you can pick out against them. And if you compare them, then there's going to be pastors that, you know, excel at one thing or the other, but, you know, really should support your pastor. And um, I do like that there's not, there's not a trend in my diocese. I've seen plenty of parishes that have like a pastor pastors like advisory committee, but there's even a disclaimer that like the pastor has final say on things. And it, it really is important to do that because again, you know, they're the one with holy orders and not some committee. And it's good mm-hmm. that they're li- you know listening to the feedback from a committee, but you know it it's not you know parishes functioned without committees, so you know I, I think we can we can deal without you know a board making all the decisions. Yeah, and you know it's scary to think, well, what if you get a really bad pastor? But you know there are bishops to handle that, and In you know theory. you kind of have to right. I mean, and that is tough. I've seen people have a lot of problems mm-hmm. with that, but uh, you know you kind of got to trust that the church's structures got it, got it through, you know, the fall of the Roman empire, right. The Protestant, uh, rebellion, um, all that stuff. And so, you know, it, it can work in 20, 2018. Yeah. God is still God. The church is still the church. We like to think that everything sucks whenever we are alive and that it's the worst that it's ever been, but, we're just dumb. At the well, end of the you day. know, you, God places you in the time period that's most conducive to your salvation. So, true. Um, but what that basically means is that, yeah, if you want to be alive, you know, in the immediate aftermath of the Council of Trent when things were just awesome, or, um, you know, before that in like the great ages of faith, well, apparently you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have made the cut those times. So you got this time period. <laughs> you know, you would have maybe been too prideful if the church had been, you know, uh, you know, booming and, and, you know, St. Thomas was around Thomasing while you were mm-hmm. alive. So, you know, you're in the age of, you know, dorky homilies and ugly buildings. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, and, you and get good, good podcasts and good pot. That's the thing, you know, if, <laughs> if God, he lifts up saints and then if, you know, if the architecture is bad, the podcasts are good. So mm-hmm. that's how it, that's the, that is the ancient, proverb the architecture is bad the podcasts are good let it yeah. be so i always say too like if you look at the structure of the church it, it like proves that it's divinely inspired because you're like uh, i i do love the clergy but i'm not sure that these guys could run a lemonade stand on their own that god really does keep the church <laughs> functioning <laughs> that's true wow so I think we just solved all of the world's problems. Who needs who needs the website 
just listen to this podcast. But on a real note, though, that's exactly right. Podcasts are so much. I've had so much better podcasts with people like Zach and people like Jake and Arlene Spensley and Katie Prejean McGrady and like Tommy Ty, even all these people. We have great conversations about stuff like this because it's not confined to a joke or a bit or a bite. And we can actually hash things out and hear what the other person has to say and then come to a greater understanding. Like literally we can learn things by talking out loud. The Holy spirit can work through us. If we're just, if we just start talking, you know, and we really just try to figure out this thing and we'll land on something. We're like, Oh, that makes sense. Like we're being guided all the time towards truth if we're open yeah. to it. And so, so we, we hash so, them out. We don't hash yeah. them out. Whoa. Whoa. We did it. Okay. Zach, we did it. We did. That might that might be the name of this episode, by the way. There we go. Yeah. There we go. So any any party any last thoughts you want to share? We will just yield the floor to you, Ethan, if you want to say anything else. Wow. Um This is just this is just great. Like I just want to thank you all so much. I mean Zach and Matt, obviously, you guys. Thank you. Uh yeah, you're welcome. I just, I mean, it's nice to kind of step out of being super busy and preparing to go off to get trained and being a missionary for a month to just kind of sit and do this kind of thing. You know, it puts a puts a good light on stuff, and it's nice to know. Like, it's always really nice to know that there are people all around the country that are dedicated to the church and to our mission. And I think podcasts like this, and even you know, the Crunch, take it for what it is, like can show that we've received so many good messages from people like, you know, you've helped us. Like you're helping my, you're helping my discernment because of this. And I'm like, I'm not saying that to brag, but I'm just saying it because it's, it's real and it's true. And the stuff that we're doing is it matters. And, you know, maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking like, man, I wish I could matter. And the problem is that you don't. And so (laughs) no, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) He's taking no, a dark turn. You, you, you do. Like everybody, everybody has a voice in, on the website or wherever you are. Like you, you have the capacity to change the culture. You have the capacity to change the conversations that happen with your friends, with your family. So start changing them. You know, you have an opportunity to be a saint right now. Take it. Don't, don't wait for some sign from God. Be a saint. Pray every day. Go to confession. Go to mass. Receive receive the sacraments here, son or daughter of God. Nothing can take that away from you. Uh, shout out, uh, shout out, uh, all the, all the crew, the homies, the homies back home, the OG squad, the nine one three nine one three boys. You know what it is? That's it. That's all I got. Oh man. Well, Zach, I mean, it's perfect. Can't add anything to that. That was great. Thank yeah, you. Zach, what do you got? Yeah. Nothing else. Any, anything coming up you want to let the people know about? Me? Yeah, you. Um, well, we this was our, our first time to bring a guest on. Oh, am um, I really the first guest? Whoa. Yes. Dang. Well we'll be having Jake we'll be having Jake Dad and Easton on nice um, in the future. We we locked him down. Um we need to do so, a podcast of of me, you, Jake. And just like as many Catholic Twitter men as we can get onto one phone call. I want good tweet man in on the mix. I want man, that's I want chaos. Kev, I want Stevie. I want the whole crew. Just a bunch of boys. Just a bunch of big rowdy boys on one podcast. Yeah, bring the whole mean team. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meme team? Mon- is that what you the said? Monsters. The Monsters. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have that coming up. Um, we... Um, our, our email address still is at our website is still Roman circus blog. And we really are going to get that blog going. I know we've been saying that since like December, but it's happening. Okay. Um, Something to look forward to. That's it. Yes. You'll love it. You'll read it and weep. Okay. In a good way. Well, Ethan, thanks for coming on. It was, uh, it was fun to hear what you had to say and good luck on your drive down to Florida. Thank you. And we'll, uh, if if people want to sponsor you, is that what it's called, sponsoring? When... Uh, technically, it's it's partnering. Partnering. You're a partner in the mission. So if you, yeah, if you, I don't know, yeah, if you want to contact me about uh, supporting me, becoming a, a mission partner for me, um, I would be very grateful. Obviously, you can send me uh, a message, Apropostle or Ethan at thecrunchcast.com if you prefer uh, email, and I would love to, to talk to you about that. If not, Totally understand your 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 prayers are, are just as good, so even better actually. And we will see you on the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just take just take my catchphrase. That's that, cool. That's what happens. We we uh, invite you on and then just take everything you loved. All right. Well, sweet. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll talk All to right, you next you time, are... gang. Adios.